my wheels on fire and do a jump. At night, it could be quite spectacular, don't you think? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Feeling good, Lewis? Those 80s kids remember. Welcome to Those 80s Kids Remember. I'm Andy. I'm Brian. I'm Greg. I'm Mike. And I'm Rusty. Welcome to today's show. Today's show is actually the first in a series we're going to try and do, um, kind of called Kids' Choice, where um, one 80s kid gets to pick the topic of, of the show. Today is my choice. I am the first one to kick this off, and today we are going to talk about you too. Which and two? Everybody's so excited. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's just Which two? There's four of us here. You too. It's, it's bad weather. Yeah. It well, has nothing to do with YouTube. Yes. It's the weather. You know what was funny? When I came in here into the studio, uh, our classic rock station was actually playing uh, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, which was kind of a funny coincidence, I thought. Oh, well, that is kind of cool. Ooh. Yeah. What class- I didn't know you had a classic rock station. Q102. Really? I did not know that that was... The Rock on the you. Shore. Wow, anyway, we now- have a Q102 in Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh, yeah. I think every every city wow. has a Q one oh two, I think. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I swear to God, I don't think I've ever lived anywhere where there wasn't a Q one oh two or a part C- of the city but... charter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, where you guys are, it's a KQ ninety two. Oh, okay. Anyway. In the, in the twins. Anyway, yeah. So so yeah, the 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 super band mega group, U two out of Ireland. Um Really near and dear to my heart <laughs> when I was an 80s kid. I mean, mm-hmm. totally, totally head over heels in love with you two. Just um, fanatical? Did you have a certain member of the band that you were especially... Oh, fuck yeah. With? Oh, come on. <laughs> totally. Totally was in total love with Bono. Oh, okay. Bono. Okay, I thought maybe, oh, I thought yeah. maybe you were an edge girl. <laughs> nah. nah, not so much. I was totally. pulling for Larry Mullen, but <laughs> I was gonna say, what? Well, who's the bass player? Yeah, I don't know. Adam. Adam. Adam was way too cool for me. Oh. Well, I could. I could not. You. You settled for Bono. I settled for Bono. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Joshua Tree era. Fuck. So that was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was that? Eighty-six. 87. Yep. yep, I got the list in front of me. Yeah, 87. Let's, so, start, let's start earlier than that, though. Start earlier. Yeah, how, we'll, we'll start with the origins. Of, how of how do. long were they around, like, before Boy came out, say, in 1980? Not that long. They, they had formed in 1978. 76. And, oh, you're right. You were right, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. 1976. They went through a couple of, um, you know, band members in and out. Just a couple, though, and a couple of different names. I think they started as Feedback, and then they changed their name, um, I think, a year or two later to The Hype. And then in about 1980, um, they settled. Well, they decided to change their name to U2. Um, yeah, and they all, they, uh, it's your, like, your, I don't know, rock and roll story where they all met in high school, um, answering a an ad, a bulletin that uh, Larry, the drummer, had put up looking to start a band. And <laughs> so, are they, did they did they release any albums in the seventies, or were they just they can't kind of came came together during that time? Well, they released an EP. Okay. In seventy, what was it? Seventy nine. Yeah. The All original stuff, or were they doing stuff like covering uh, Afternoon Delight and shit like that? I don't know. I don't know about about covers or anything like that, but mostly original stuff. Having Um, my baby. (laughs) All Perry Como covers. Irish traditional ballads, usually. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I still haven't found Danny Boy. When Irish eyes are smiling. It's really a river dance review until the 80s. So how so, yeah. how would you categorize them in their earliest work, Andrea? Like say, nineteen eighties boy. 
They were, they were all, it was just rock. I mean, I yeah. like to, they like to think that they were punk rock, but mm, you're not punk rock. I'm sorry. That's not punk rock. Um, yeah. it's, it's just rock. Um, I kind of thought that they were more new wavy, weren't they? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had some bleeps and bloops more on the new wave. Compared but mostly, yeah. mostly just rock is how I would categorize them. Early on, were they kind of like uh, the very early police sort of? You no. know, I, I would say that that's a really good, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, say, one saying no, the other saying yes. Mixed okay, who's, in the the mega, on this who's the mega fan here? Who's, well, who's the she's mega the mega fan. fan. She is the mega <laughs> fan, but that, that really kind of makes you, uh, um, you know, you your opinion is swayed, okay? Mm-hmm. I, when I'm, compared to the police, I don't see how. I defer to Andy on all things you two. Well, when you listen Thank to you. things like Walk Away... <laughs> Respect my authority. Yeah. When, when you listen to, to songs like Walk Away, it it definitely has a, a, a police type of ring to it. You mean I will follow? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> what did he say? Let's not get bogged down in deep semantics. They say walk away a lot more than they say I follow, all right? That's yeah, true. They do. That's true, but still. So, um, yeah, so they weren't together for a very long time before they put out their first major album. Apparently not, um, no. Yeah, you know, um, I know that they did some live shows and, you know, when they were in high school, they did, I think they did some kind of battle of the bands in which they won a prize or something like that to record demos, a demo, and then they took it um, to London and managed to get themselves a record deal. Okay. They're just like just out of high school here. Yeah, yeah, they they were really young, yeah. really young. It was right after their EP that they signed. Uh, the the year after that that they signed with Island, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like lightning fast kind of. So Boy came out in what year? Nineteen eighty. Yeah, okay. Forty years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Those eighties kids are old. No. <laughs> Shit, man. No. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, and that when that album was released, it actually it, it got some you know critical acclaim. Um, it was noticed. I mean, it's not like some obscure first release from a band um, that eventually made it big. I mean, they came right they out of the some commercial success with that. Yeah. 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 It it did, it sold well in Ireland, didn't it? Yeah. Well. <laughs> And other parts yeah. of the planet, too, there might. <laughs> ah. I'm looking at, uh, apparently, Declan Lynch of Hot Press said, it was almost impossible to react negatively to U2's music. That's a bold statement. No doubt. That is a bold statement. <laughs> and a very old statement, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think it applies to today. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they released quite a few, I mean, albums in the 80s. And, you know, it's really kind of where they, like, I think they kind of peaked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of, at some point, it went a little bit downhill, and then it kind of went back up again, but then it's like, whatever. Um, when did but yeah. Peaked? Oh, Joshua Tree. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In 87, <clears throat> they totally peaked. Um, yeah. With Brian Eno. Once yeah. they got, yeah, once Brian Eno started doing the production for them, that's when they really skyrocketed and peaked. I yeah. Think. Well, I think Brian Eno also worked on The Unforgettable Fire. See, a lot of people would say they, they peaked there. They began to peak there anyway. That's, I think that's kind of where it started. The, yeah. the, it started to crescendo up from there. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Because, <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, because I don't want to detract from, because October, their second um, major album released after Boy. I don't think I know anything. I'm looking at the track list of October. I don't think I you know anything. Gloria, not even Gloria. Oh, you mean you mean like G L O R I A? I had no idea they did no. that song. Not that Gloria. Not that Gloria. <laughs> Gloria, Gloria. <laughs> if they put last names on these Glorias, it would help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. How many other songs besides Gloria are recognizable? Would be, would be recognizable by the general public. There's a song called I Threw a Brick Through a Window. That's a good one. 
Yeah, I remember jamming to that one. <laughs> <laughs> the revolutionary playlist. Oh, that's great. Let me look. Gloria yeah, is actually I mean, the opening track on the album October. Yeah, and it's if you heard it, you'd know. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Because um, I remember yeah. the album coming out. I remember it being out. Oh, fire! That one was released as an uh, as a single in '81, wasn't it? Was it? Ooh, fire! Hang on a second. Oh wait, you guys can't hear this, can you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hear sorry. What? No, we hear you. Are you playing something? Yeah, it was. I did the YouTube thing, trying to. Here, let me try. Oh, trying to uh, find remi- the song. Remind myself of of Gloria. I did remind myself that he had some awesome 1981 hair. <laughs> the mullet, man. He like the mullet was his thing. He rock and rolled the mullet. Maybe he's to blame. He rock and rolled and hairsprayed the mullet, so he really took that to a new level. He took it to a different level, true. There we go. You hear that? Yeah, which one is this? This is Gloria. It is? That's how we start for me. No, that song means nothing to me. Again, go to the chorus. Yeah, that is not the song I'm thinking of. No. Memories are not flooding for me either. Really? No, that I do remember not... it. I remember it, though. I remember the chorus. I mean, I remember, you know. It, uh, it was not the song I thought. Strange. Because that was like their biggest hit, I think, off of um, October. What, Gloria? Yeah. See, there's a couple of tracks on War here that I remember, obviously. Yeah, and see, War is the album that followed October, which I think really kind of um, catapulted them. I mean, that was the... the, really started their international um, success. What year did War come out? Uh, March of 83. 83, okay. Yeah, we had, at, at my high school, we had some awesome musicians. Uh, they formed a band and gave it the dumbest name that you possibly could, which was Why. Um, oh, my God. I love it. There, I'm sorry, but there is a band right now called Why with a question mark. Love that. Oh, they, band. See, these guys didn't put a question mark, so oh. you can see how they were a lot more serious. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a complete sentence. No. Uh, but yeah, the, that's where I first learned at all about uh, uh, U2 because those guys played a lot of it. Oh, okay. okay. They did it really well, but I think that they could have um, maybe expanded their uh, musical tastes a bit. Rather than eh. just playing U2 over again. They did quite a maybe. bit of U2. They I've, did I've never... quite a bit of U2. <laughs> I've never seen a band cover you two well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm maybe hypercritical, but oh no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I can't. Well, every band, I mean, every band imaginable was covering you two back then, as far as, as far as high school bands anyway go. Yes. So, it, yeah, it was hit and miss. I mean, most were, were atrocious and some were decent. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, if, yeah, if you're a big time U2 fan, obviously they're, they're all going to be probably misses for you. Mm-hmm. War War was pretty big, and they 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 went on a tour. I know they toured, and there was a video that was released, like a a concert video of war think, of war, but um, at recorded at Red Rock Red Rocks in um, Colorado. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, that I remember seeing live under a blood red sky. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, I know yes. of it. Yeah, and then um. That also had an album. There was an album released called Live Under a Blood Red Sky as well. Mm-hmm. But I can't – boy, my memory's kind of failing about that. I, th- I was thinking it was between um, War and the Unforgettable Fire. Yeah, on, it's, it's on the War tours when they recorded the live album Under mm-hmm. Blood Red Sky and the concert film U2 Live yes. at Red Rocks. And, and that 
was my introduction to you too. It's a pretty good introduction. Yes, it that, really uh, that's good yeah. stuff there. My um my brother, I think it was um they my brothers and my sister were in high school at the time, and um I think I was in junior high had to have been in junior high. And they had a friend who was a huge U2 fan. I mean, the guy also just kind of worshipped Bono and got his hair cut, you know, did his best to kind of look like Bono. But they they brought home um, a videotape that they had recorded off of him, which included U2's Live Under a Blood Red Sky, and then also um, a making of documentary of the album The Unforgettable Fire. I've seen that. I remember watching that. Yeah, I. I mean, I saw that, and I was just, I was, I was done. I was yeah. like so, so smitten at the time. It was just like, you know, <laughs> it was quite literally at my very young age. Uh, you know, life changing. Um, it kind of changed everything. They were very, they were very inspiring to bands. I mean, they just, they blew up after that. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty pretty big. And see, up until this point, like all of my siblings, they all had their bands. You know, my my older brother um, was Rush. My sister was like huge into Journey, and to this day, you know, totally not because I wanted to, but I could like um, I know like the lyrics to every single Journey song. It's just it's that crazy. Without meaning to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. something to brag about. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't particularly dislike them, but you know, I I wasn't the one who was up at eight o'clock every morning listening to Journey as we get ready for school. <laughs> we shared a bedroom. <clears throat> and then my other brother's um band was Pink Floyd. So finally mine See, for me it was Mel like, Phyllis. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was in rehab when it came out. Oh, yeah. I remember it well, but I do remember it well. I remember watching the documentary. Yeah. And I remember yeah. thinking, wow, that is a really cool band. Yeah. So, and it was, it was just, to me, it was just, it, I just watched it over and over and over again. It was yeah. I remember a, a lot of the stuff Bono was singing a cappella, and it was really cool just to hear his voice and how much emotion he poured into his voice. Mm -hmm. It was cool. It was a very cool documentary. Yeah. And whatever you feel about Bono today, you know, I get it. But I mean, <laughs> when you're talking about when you're talking about the early the early stages of U2 and the energy that he would put into the shows, I, I that really kind of it didn't make it, but it was a big integral part of what made U2 U2 and made them so successful. Because oh, he's he, an absolute badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same sense that Michael Hutchins was for In Excess. I mean, there were certain bands that just had a, mm -hmm. a front guy who was just an absolute badass, and yeah, he was that for them for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like David Lee Roth. There you go. Well, <laughs> Diamond Dave. <laughs> Absolutely right. No, I. And to me, um, I I gotta admit, uh, and it had a lot to do with that band playing so many YouTube songs at every party uh, that my high school held. Um, I just found you two to be pompous crap. Really? Yeah. I'm what? sorry, Andy. I'm really Dropping sorry. Dropping a bomb. Boom. Yeah, I just thought they they were completely full of themselves. It it uh, it might have something to do with somebody naming yeah, himself the so Edge. <laughs> <laughs> Bono just yeah, Bono just bugs me. Just I don't uh, think he names himself that. Am I, I here? Because like, my my yeah, dropped. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> See, Bono's never bugged me. I think I, I think know. Bono actually gave the Edge the Edge's name. I don't think the Edge named himself. I don't have any ill feelings. Mm. Bono named himself though. You know, I always assumed that was like his last name. It's not. I think it, now it's uh, Bonowitz. I think. <laughs> Bono? Hello. Yeah, yeah, there you're you there. Are. No, his last name is Bono. What is it? Bono Vox. Really? What? I wouldn't have guessed that. His real name is what? Vox, like the like the speaker. Oh no! His that, <laughs> Vox. Bono Vox is what? Well, his real name, his, his birth name yeah. is Paul. His, 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 name his is real Paul name is Paul David Hewson. Paul David Hewson. Yes. First name is okay. Paul, and his last Hewson. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. A, a, uh, you know, a respectably boring name by any standard. Yes. So, you know, I don't think it has as much, you know, has holds as much gravity as Bono does when you're in a rock band. <laughs> yeah, and I always like but that's just my opinion. Too, and I don't know where that name came from. I don't know what he's seeing. Where, where did that come from? It's Latin for good voice. Well, Bono, Bono gave him. Yeah. Yes. That's, that does make yes. sense. The Edge, the Edge got his name from Bono. Bono gave the Edge his name, and it had something to do with him being on the edge of something or other. Ah. I don't quite remember off the top of my head of what he was on the edge of. But very unique, very unique guitar playing style, by the way. Yes, very yeah. signature. I mean, you can tell extremely when you. Mm-hmm. And that's a, and it's a good thing. That's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I gotta give them. I got. I do give the band props for their talent. Oh, they're yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're an unbelievably talented group. And see, All when right. they got together, nobody knew how to play. When they first <laughs> they got together in high school, they didn't know how to play. So they all kind of learned how to play together, which I think could have a lot to do with their success. Yeah, I suppose. You're all on the same level field when you get started. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning much about you two today. So, Craig, you didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't like Bono, or you still don't really get care for Bono? I know. I don't. Yeah. Like back in the <laughs> back in the 80s, I, I didn't care so much. But then he he like kind of got all self-important and all activist <laughs> and stuff. And it, he just became annoying. Yeah, I can see that. Annoying and <laughs> pretentious. And that so well, that kind of came from Sorry. when they were on when they did Live Aid. Yeah. In 85. Oh, Hello? So right after, I think it was around the time that um, The Unforgettable Fire was released, which I believe was 85. 84. 84? Yep. 84. So, and then Live Aid was in 85, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So um, that's kind of where they their their activism in music started. Oh, okay. Was having played Live Aid because I believe Bono and his wife took a trip to Africa because, you know, Live Aid being part of Live Aid, I mean, totally woke Bono. So they went to Africa to like witness what was going on um, for themselves and, you know, were just beside themselves. And I think that's where their activism started. I mean, they were involved with Amnesty International and the whole um, apartheid um, in South Africa. Right. Oh, sure kind of movement going on um, to b- abolish apartheid. They were a part of that, but the, the Africa activism really started with um, Live Aid. I learned about apartheid in uh, in Lethal Weapon 2, actually. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Diplomatic immunity. That's that great. guy. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. And, you know, Bono was a part of the... Um, Band-Aid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's that is, true. Yeah. The... That is the English one, Christmas time song, Feed the World. Yes. The worst Christmas song ever. Yeah, but it was Dude. better than We Are the World. No, it is. I, I love a lot better than We Are the World. Absolutely. I, I don't know. We Are the World had more feeling to it than Do They Know It's Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. Do they know it's Christmas? It at least had a good beat to it. It. it um... Bob Geldof was involved in that shit. Yeah. So to me, and that's the only person I find more pompous than Bono. <laughs> you can't go to you. Geldof. So okay, I'm gonna my... get, I'm gonna go off topic for a second. Um, yeah. Regarding Bob Geldof. Okay. So did you know his wife? Was the woman, um, she left Bob Geldof for Michael Hutchins. Really? And, yeah, and she and Michael Hutchins had a daughter together um, who was uh, a toddler, I think, when when they died. And then oh. Bob Geldof ended up adopting that child. I wow. did not know that, no. Yeah, yeah but did you Google know that, that Bob Geldof also uh, stopped? Uh, he wouldn't let his wife bring his children that he had with her yeah. uh, to any uh, any tour that Hutchins was on. Because of the drugs, <clears throat> from what I understood, from what I've, 
you know, huh. what I've heard, what I've read, what I've watched. Hutchins? They, yeah. Yeah. There was drugs yeah. involved and he did And he what. was he was sitting around choking himself while he was masturbating a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like really, Mike, if you could just wait till like you were alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I just This is gonna be the I downfall of you someday, buddy. <laughs> Do it one time too many. <laughs> Back to the topic at hand. The unforgettable Poor Michael. Poor Michael Hutchins. I can't get that out of my head yeah. now. That, that, that activity is not supposed to lead to your demise. No. Yeah. No shit. It's supposed to be safe. <laughs> it's it's it may lead to hairy palms and blindness, but not death. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. A little unconsciousness, maybe. Should always steer clear of choking yourself. Yeah, it's just right. never a good idea. <laughs> Ever. Without a spotter. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, so, now we're 1985. getting close to the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we, are we still talking about Unforgettable Fire? Yes, we are, because we really haven't talked about it. We talked about the, the making of... Oh, that had pride yeah. in the name of love on it. That In the Name of Love is my wife's all-time favorite uh, U2 song. Because when she first heard it, she thought they were singing about her birth. Interesting. Well, okay. she was she was born okay. the same day that uh, MLK was shot. Oh, oh wow! She's born on April fourth. Oh, crazy! Yeah. yeah, yeah, Early morning, April fourth. Shot rings yeah. out in the Memphis skull. Yeah, so Free she thought they were singing about they her. Took your life, but they could not take your pride. Sorry. So my favorite all-time YouTube well, song is also too. on that album, but it's the Unforgettable Fire. Which is to me is is the best. I mean, it doesn't get any better. It, it hasn't. I don't think it ever will get any better, as far as a single piece of work that you two have put From out. From a musical standpoint, then, as album far as being, you know, terrific to me. Anyway. Yeah, it's great. And that's, <laughs> Brian Eno was involved in that one. So I mean, you've got this, you know, this coming together of some real musical um, geniuses. Yeah you know, for lack of a better word, you know, to help put this album together. Yeah. Okay. And it was, it's, it's just remarkable from start to finish. It's just, to me, it's like, it's, it's almost perfect. It's like a masterpiece. It really is. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and Brian, Brian, it's got to have your favorite U2 song on it. What's that? Elvis oh, Presley and America. Oh my ah. God. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it does. And I, there's something else I want to mention a little bit later about it has to do with Elvis and YouTube. So we'll just hang on to that for a second. Elvis. A song about Elvis. Wow. Is it like Bono, like going through a whole song, like, oh, y'all, y'all. <laughs> Bono forgetting the words. Karate moves on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a cape. You son of a flinging, so yeah, uh, so um, flinging polyester scarves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So I, I I forgot I guess to mention like with the album before that war. I mean there were a lot of like uh, Sunday Boy oh, yeah. Sunday. That was a great song. This mm -hmm. war and New Year's Day is on That's war. That's probably my that is my favorite YouTube song. Yeah, so I just wanted to go back because we didn't mention that. But um, yeah, so those were pretty big hits for them at the time for that, which kind of helped to, you know, yeah, transition into this. But uh, the unforgettable fire was totally, um, I wouldn't say totally removed, but completely different to what they had done up until then. And I think you know Brian, you know, and and had a lot to do with that. Oh, definitely. More depth into the music and a little bit more experimental. Yeah. With mm. sounds than just your straight four-piece rock band. Okay. Yeah. I'll Expanding them definitely. a little bit. What's that? Expanding their sound a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's that album is where Edge really started to work on, you know, his signature guitar guitar style. I think that's really where that entered the um the uh, the picture as far as mm -hmm. you two and being able, you know, his signature style and that. Hate them, love them, like them, whatever. Do you, does, do we or any difference? I mean, does everybody here have a favorite YouTube song? I know Andy mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Told you mine. I do. Well, or, or one that you just don't mind all that. See, for much. me, it's New Year's Day. Yeah. Easily. 
Uh, and always guaranteed to be played January 1st. Yeah. <laughs> always guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think uh, Where the Streets Have No Name. Okay. A good one. Cool song. I, I've got a lot of U2 ignorance, and honestly, if I was if I was playing pub trivia before today and somebody asked what the first U2 album, I would have said Joshua Tree, because that's where I... <laughs> Our first <laughs> album. <laughs> That's where things um, started for you, yeah. Yep. So, Bullet the Blue Sky is my favorite. Oh, okay. That's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, mine doesn't come until much, much later in their career. Uh, my favorite really? is my favorite is Beautiful Day. I like okay. that song. It's a good. Oh. It actually, it, yeah, it's a song that can actually make me feel good. So, yeah, I yeah, like cool Beautiful song. Day. Kind of all over the place in their career. That's interesting. Yeah, it's true. They've been around a long time producing hits. Well, yeah, yeah. forty years. <laughs> oh yeah, you at least I mean you at least have to admire the longevity. It's incredible. Yep. And then um so after the unforgettable fire and the whole um I'm thinking there was a, an EP between I think there was an EP between Yeah, Wide um, Awake in America, it's called. Yes, thank you. Because I, I could see the album cover in my head, but I just couldn't put the name like to it. Yes, Wide songs. Awake in America, which had some live versions of um, songs that were on Unforgettable, The Unforgettable Fire, or yeah. like um, The Sort of Homecoming, I think was on there live. Yeah, there's the song on there, I think, called Three Sunrises, which, which is a really good song. Okay. Which is kind of an obscure <laughs> kind of thing if you're listening to this you haven't heard it go listen to it it's an interesting song of course you have the so that kind of led up to like where you know you have the what oh i was just gonna say we have the joshua tree coming up here too yeah yeah which led up to where you know the the event where a lot of people then were introduced to you too like oh yeah in case our own rusty that was his first introduction to you too huge monumental successful album commercially critic uh, oh, critically, i think it was like yeah it was the same realm. Sure. Um, i mean yeah just huge um it's i, I remember I, um cause my feelings on the album that? aside it it did uh change rock music at that time it 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 was an album that just came out and hit everybody so hard that yeah yeah it's like <clears throat> musicians were reeling after that one came out to try yeah, and, that sound and that that album pretty much made them the biggest rock band in america i mean at the time there was like they they were already on their way i think but i think that yeah. album that album for sure pushed them over the edge yes yeah that was it that that just kind of like um so to speak <laughs> right well, it's, it's one of the best-selling <laughs> albums the worldwide. Push them over the edge. What? The edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the edge was, was just. Edge. The edge was leaning behind on his hands and knees behind his behind him. <laughs> he riddled himself <laughs> right over the edge. So yeah, I mean, just just huge. And I remember because I, you know, I was a fan of the band just before that album, you know, before that album came out. And I remember my brother taking me to the mall um, when that came out uh, to buy it. And what, um, 87, what was I, 15? And I just remembered it was just like, it was just like this huge kind of thing for me. And it was just you know, slightly emotional and just slightly excited and oh my God. And, you know. What format did you buy it on? Cassette. Cassette, yeah, okay. Cassette, yeah, absolutely. So we went to the mall. Um, it was in the dead of winter, too. I remember it was just cold and kind of miserable outside. And then um, got the tape and we took it back and my brother put it in the tape deck and started listening to it, you know, on the way home and stuff like that. And it was just like this huge, it was just like a, a big moment <laughs> in my teenhood. It's just this memory, mm -hmm. just, you know, <laughs> sure. Just perfect. And it, cool. was, it was, yeah, it was all over from there. I mean, I don't know how many times I've listened to that album over and over and over again and just completely, Okay, this is probably going to tell you a little bit more information than anybody should probably know about me. Just completely, just head over heels, like, in love 
um, with Bono because it just distraught over it. First of all, because we lived in Des Moines, Iowa, and there was no way U2 was ever going to play the Vets Auditorium in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> right? That was never going to happen. So, so there were a lot of mixed emotions because there was like the realization that I'm never going to see them. You know, I my heart just beats for them and just, just you know, just hurts because there's no chance that I'm going to be able to ever see them live. Yeah. As long as I'm living in Des Moines, Iowa. I mean, they would play, I think, uh, on the tour, they played over on, like, the um, the western, some town uh, on the western side of Iowa. And then I think they played um, in Cedar Rapids or Iowa City. So, like, at least either way, it was a two-hour drive, which I was that old enough to drive. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money to ever buy a ticket to go see you 2 live. So it was very, very heartbreaking to me. <laughs> Just so <laughs> heartbreaking to me that I would never, ever be able to, like, see them. And especially, you know, at that particular time, like, you know, with the Joshua Tree Tour, I would never see that. I were you? I wonder if you were as bad as uh, that that episode of the Facts of Life back in the eighties, where uh, 2D was absolutely flipping out because Mrs. Garrett, for some reason, wasn't going to let her go see Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> Ser- seriously, it's like it's like she just learned that her sister was killed in a car wreck or something. I mean, she flips really? out. Yeah. She flips out that I, I bad. Don't... I don't remember that episode, but it sounds like she just close. she flips the fuck <laughs> out, and it's just yeah. it's so funny to look back on today because it's Jermaine, <laughs> like it's not right. even Michael. <laughs> yeah, not Michael. I maybe that would make sense. But, I want to go see Tito. Tito <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, it was great. that it was not only that, okay? So that was the one thing it was not only that, but it was also the realization because I was totally head over heels in love with Bono at this time. In coming to the realization that that would never happen. You know? How old he was at that time? If he was like born in 1960, I think it was. Yeah. So so you know, he's a lot older than me. So it was like I would literally cry. Because that shit would not happen, and that's probably a little bit more information than you guys. Well, tell me, you at least you eventually saw them live, though, right? Well, eventually, okay, yes. Okay, okay. Eventually, but um, way past that point. I mean, it was yeah. way past that point yeah. where I couldn't get over the fact that you know Bono and I would never live happily ever together. after. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just right. fucking total ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how fucking I. I was into you too. And, you know, every day going on with my normal everyday life, nobody had any idea how much the, the emotions and the feelings were suppressed <laughs> because of that. Honestly, <laughs> it's kind of fucking ridiculous, but it's the truth. That's hardcore. Yeah, it is. It was hardcore. And then I think the only thing that really kind of started to turn. Um, that corner, so to speak, on that just um, devastating love affair that I had is when they put out the movie Rattle and Hum, which oh, I think yeah. came a year or two after um, the Joshua Tree, which was really a kind of a chronicle of their uh, touring for the Joshua Tree in, in the U.S. Yeah. This Rattle and Hum movie. I I walked out of that theater just shaking my head as like, Okay. <laughs> just like, all right. They, I think they, um, um, it's hard to say. I was very disappointed. Really. I haven't seen it. Like, can you, oh, can really? you summarize like just what, in the, uh, in the film? what you were left feeling? Well, it was just kind of, you kind of get the idea of, well, these guys are, are too famous now. Their uh, their heads have gotten way too big. Yep. It's yep. kind of the that snap that you oh. walk away from this movie seeing, oh shit, you know. I think we'll all uh, agree with that 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 happened. Yeah. 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 Their heads <clears throat> got way too big and this movie is just a testament to 
how big they've gotten. Okay. My sense memory, my sense memory as a kid of the trailer was just like a lot of like sweaty tambourine shaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, and I remember I saw that with my sister was at um, University of Iowa in Iowa city. And I went to visit her for the weekend and she and I went to see the movie. I was so excited, you know, to see the movie and you know, it, it, while seeing it, it was like, yeah, this is great. You know? And, and I was a little bit older at that point too. So mm-hmm. a little bit more experienced in life. <laughs> so, um, I wasn't all, you know, glassy eyed and, and watching this. So I was just really excited to see it because you know, it's YouTube. And, what year was Rattle and Hum? Rattle and Hum came out in what? 80, 89. Yeah. Was it that late? Okay. Yeah. So it had to have been pretty um, anticipated, I would imagine, by the time it came out because it didn't. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was like two and a half years after Joshua Tree came out. And then they had the double album that accompanied it, um, where, like you had said earlier before we started recording, where Desire and um, Angel of Harlem were originals that were on that album. Um, Also, there was one that the Edge thing on Van Diemen's. Something or other. I can't remember the rest of the name of this. All song. along the Watchtower, Helter Skelter. Yeah. So they had a couple of remakes on there. Yeah. So first of all, the point with Helter Skelter, they did do a video um, for that where they like, I'm not sure what city it was in, but they like overtook this like city plaza that had some sculpture on it, and they yeah. started singing that song, and then Bono took a spray can and sprayed on the sculpture music or stops the traffic. So, so there was a lot of backlash that he was like taking spray cans and, you know, however pointing <laughs> or what he thought the message was on a sculpture on city property, just spray painting the shit of it in broad daylight with hundreds of people, you know, just watching as they're performing for this video. But yeah. yeah. Just spraying kind of a confusing cryptic message. <laughs> Stops the traffic. What's that got to do with anything? Okay. (laughs) So, if the band's in the middle of the road, it probably would. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the other thing with the movie Rattle and Hum, as I mentioned earlier, the thing with um, Elvis and you two. So, there's a part in the movie, and this is just this was just hilarious to me and my sister when we were watching it. There's a part of the movie where they go visit Graceland, right? Wow, and, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. yeah. And Larry Mullen Jr., who was the drummer, right. was like a huge fan of Elvis, huge Elvis fan. So they show them, you know, taking the tour, and and then they uh, they show where he's buried in the backyard, and then they cut to this, like, testimonial kind of thing of Larry, in, and I think it was in black and white. I'm remembering this in black and white for some reason. But he's sitting there talking about his experience at Graceland in and then he's like, and then and then something to the, and then he's buried in the back guard. He's buried there in the back guard. You know, his <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> and then he's just like, well, he they like pause and just keep the camera on him, like while well, he's not saying anything, and he's just it looks like he's trying to fight back tears and shit like that. So he's a bit overwhelmed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just go out and he's buried in the back guard. <laughs> Completely understand, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah right well the things you can relate to Brandon, that would be it definitely absolutely but yeah he was like very yeah it like I struck no him emotionally I, I didn't know they visited Graceland that's really cool well yeah I didn't know he was a huge Elvis fan either that's why I said we're just looking at the brothers you know, you know? Lead, lead singer of the Wiggles I didn't either huge Elvis fan he's got like one Not of the most point, expensive collections on the planet Wow. He's got wiggle money, though. Yeah. Wiggle money. Well, he's got that that wiggle wiggle money, money, so. (laughs) Exactly. He's got that wiggles money. You can afford shit like that. Yeah, rattle and hum. So, yeah, so that was kind of rattle and hum. And to me, that was, it was was a letdown, you know? It's like, ah, man. It was like for a big YouTube fan like myself, it was a huge letdown. But I I was not completely off the wagon or however that term is with you two. I was still a fan. I was still listening to I didn't all listen of their to albums it and go, God, time. this really sucks or anything. You know? It was just not what I was expecting or anticipating. 
Yeah, and I think after a success like the Joshua Tree, I think anything that followed that oh, is probably going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. like when Michael Jackson came out with bad, you know. Yep, exactly. Great analogy actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was that and um that kind of that led you to out of out of the eighties and um from there it, they then released um Achtung Achtung Baby. Achtung Baby. Baby. Which to me was a little bit of a redemption. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, it was different. It was definitely, I felt that they had redeemed themselves from the whole rattle and hum crap. Okay, you're back on my, you're back in my good graces with this one. And, <laughs> and, and that album I can like still listen to. I mean, I, I, I listen to Joshua Tree every now and then, but I think um, Octoon Baby is something that kind of has maybe stood the test of time a little bit better. Yeah. As far as the the musical style and the, a little bit electronic or electro kind of influences, electronic music influences on that a little bit more. Oh, I yeah, the electronic kind of identity kind yeah. of make distinguishes yeah. it. I don't know what it was about Rattle and Hum. It just didn't really do it for me. I don't know. It just didn't. I don't know. I didn't, but like I said, I didn't think it was horrible. I just didn't. It wasn't for me. Right. Wasn't it was my just favorite. A, yeah. It was just a. It was an unnecessary unnecessary look into their yeah. life. Right. <laughs> we didn't need to know that. I mean, I think it just, <laughs> you should have just like, nah. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. You should have passed up that. Move off. on. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Octoon Baby, you know, I think maybe because they got out of the, uh, you know, United States for a little bit and like spent some time in Europe. So I think that kind of had more of an influence on that. Mm. But then the album that followed that, and this is where I kind of started to fall out. Zuropa? Uh, yeah. That album sucks. Daddy, <laughs> I'm just going to say it right out. Pay for your crashed car the first that album time. just fucking sucks. I think there's maybe one or possibly two songs on there. I don't know any of these like. songs. What's think, the biggest hit from that album? I don't know. Um, they did Numb. On that album is the first one that comes to mind. I Maybe think I'd remember it if I heard it. I don't know. That's that's another one The Edge sung on. Oh. It's kind of like their their take on electronic rap. Oh, awesome. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad. But um, I think there was maybe only one song on that album that I that I even like. I swear, I'm, he, I'm looking the at the whole list. Like? Is he a decent singer or is it like a – a Ringo thing where they have well, to throw on the bone every once in a while. He's okay. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a great rapper. I yeah. mean, if that's what we're going to judge that song, <laughs> he doesn't rap very well. Mm-hmm. But he's sung on um, on the album War, the song Seconds. Okay. You know he sung that song. And then um, Van Diemen's Land from Rattle and Hum, he sung that one too, which uh. is it's a pretty decent song. It's a very um, lyrical, very vocal yeah, I was gonna say Central, none the of these songs. When I'm looking at the song titles, and and I was you know conscious of pop music going on at the time. You know, I was in high school. I just none of these are ringing a bell on me at all. Okay, Lemon. Nope. She wore lemon. And that song is pretty stupid. And then the one that <laughs> that I like is Stay Far Away So Close. That is that is probably the only good song on that album. Oh, in my wow. opinion, Stay Far Away So Close. Which is a little bit more of um pretty far fall from the Joshua tree there. Yeah, huge. What huge. about the, what about the fly? Is that is that a song about Jeff Goldblum and, and Gina Davis? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that one's on Octoon Baby. And that's on Octoon. Oh yeah, I'm and sorry, I'm looking that, at the wrong one. I'm sorry. That is where Bono kind of transformed himself, started to transform himself into these characters. And the fly was, you know, one of these characters where he had those sunglasses <laughs> and he dyed his hair jet black. And <clears throat> yeah, that doesn't surprise first, me at all. The first of his characters, I should mention. But Stay Far Away So Close is a, it's actually a very pretty song. It's a good song on that album. And the only song I think that's worth listening to really on that album and it was when that album came out i did buy it i think i listened to it once or twice and was like what the fuck is this 
And then it came to the um, summation that, okay, now they've spent too much time in Germany is my first uh, like literal thought of that album. My opinion of that album was okay. They've spent too much time. The in pendulum Germany. has swung too far. <laughs> yes. Glück and Greich and Schleich and Reich and right. These guys seem a little different on this album. <laughs> Giant swastika on the front of the album. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, and I don't. I think I'm not alone um, in that that thinking, um, as far as Europa. And it looks like Brian Eno was involved on that one too, which is surprising. But I don't know. I think you would have to be the diehard of diehardest, the diehardest of the diehard YouTube fans to really like it. To really like it, which yeah. you know doesn't say much so to me at that point. Numb is the one with the video where it's just the edge's face and like yeah, and people, people like Bush's face. Yeah, 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 that one. Okay. Yes. That's a very bad video. <laughs> it is it's a bad video for a bad song and just all of that. So, but after Zuropa was pop. Um, I don't know any yeah, songs on uh, pop either. I don't either. What year is pop? And ninety-seven. Pop was. Okay. Yeah. And that's probably because they released Zuropa before that. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody was like, yeah, this is not worth it. And I didn't even bother at that point. I didn't even bother buying that one. Oh, my Those God. Yeah. Wow. I did not buy that album when you it came out. out. I was. I, you know, mm -mm. and what? I was a lot older at that point, too. Yeah, I had a child <laughs> in 97. So, you know, I. <laughs> I had other things going on. Um, you graduated from late. school. Yeah, that was the year I graduated from Brown. Mm -hmm. Same year. Me too? Yeah. Yeah, March 1997. So, um, so it was just like, man. But later in life, I did revisit this album because I think I was, I heard a song that I really liked and, and it ended up being off of that album. And I'm like, oh, really? So I finally, at some point, gave the album a chance. And it's not bad. It's not great. But it's not bad. Certainly better than Zeropa. Mm -hmm. But there are some songs like Discotech is just a terrible song. <laughs> I mean, I get what they were trying to do with that. But mm -mm, just bad. And the video didn't help. I don't know if you've seen the video for Discotech, but it certainly no. did not help. No, never no. seen it. Oh, you you've got to YouTube that. I mean, just for the, just to understand. I mean, they try to do this. Um, um, uh, village people, kind of uh, costuming <laughs> going on. Yeah, you just you have to see it. That's all I can say, just to see how bad it actually is, because it's far worse than a song itself. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, and before this, too, they did the song for Batman Forever. Yeah. Hold me, kiss me, No, I'm thinking me, of something me. else. You're right. <laughs> that tune? Yes, yes. Yeah. Kiss me, kill me, thrill me, whatever. Yeah. The Edge and um, Adam did a uh, soundtrack for Mission Impossible. That's what oh, I was okay. thinking of. Yeah. Oh, One of the Mission Impossible movies, Adam and um, Larry. Did I say Edge? Adam and Larry uh, did the, the music for that. Well, the, the only thing yeah. that I know okay. about you two is how they got their name. I mean, everybody does. Not everybody knows that the U2 was a spy plane. That oh. The, mm -hmm. that that the, yeah, the CIA used. And mm -hmm. uh, in uh, 1965, Gary Powers was shot down over the USSR. Proving that we had been spying on the Soviets. Oh. Huge, huge to do about that one. What year was that? Yep. Uh, I yep. think that was in '65. Oh, all the way back there. Okay. Yeah. I think it was in 1960. I thought it was '60 because I thought it happened on Bono's birthday, yep, which is right. May 10th, yep, 1960. Yep, it was in 1960. It was in 1960. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. It, and it was shot down. I think. Uh, the United States didn't believe it because they didn't believe the Soviets had any surface-to-air missiles that would fly as fast as the U-2 did. Oh. Hmm. 
lucky shot, I guess. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, and it flew really high. I mean, way the hell up there. Uh, it it flew somewhere around seventy thousand feet. <laughs> wow, that's pretty yeah. fucking high. And could take pictures of like you know what cars are parked at you know the the Soviet uh, McDonald's, but. <laughs> You know, they can do that, but still you can't get the decent picture of uh, a suspect at a bank robbery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I did mention before that I eventually did the U2, and it was um, the Pop Mart tour. So the tour from Pop is when I finally did get to see them. So I wasn't as much of a YouTube fanatic as I, you know, was previously. So it was kind of like, I don't even think we stayed for the whole concert. Really? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of regret, but in the way that we got the tickets weren't, wasn't so on the level. So Uh I think there was a lot of, um, Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was the other thing. Shenanigans. (laughs) We don't (laughs) on that. But so I did see them then. And then, um, the next album after that was All That You Can't Leave Behind, which is where A Beautiful Day is from. That was in 2000, That you know, from Mike's favorite song. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that was How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, which I think was 2005, which is when I saw them the second time at Target Ooh, Center. More than once. Hmm. Yeah, and that, that was kind of like... Um, a bad experience because I had an ear infection and our seats were way, way up high and oh. I couldn't stay up there cause I was experiencing terrible vertigo, ironically enough, um, <laughs> because there was a song called vertigo. On that You're right. <laughs> so um, we spent most of the concert just walking around outside <laughs> of, you know, the hallways outside of the whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so you're terrible. you're describing this era of you two as an ear infection. <laughs> it's, it's an ear infection is pretty much right. Yeah, it was an ear infection. But yeah, so and how does that wasn't such a great album? And then the last one, I don't even think I bought any of the three that followed. I don't think I bought No Line on the Horizon. There that it was is. From 2009. 2009. And then their more recent ones are Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. Well, they've all bonus tracks. Three albums of bonus tracks. <laughs> they've yeah. got a disc of the best of 90 to 2000, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did put out a couple of compilations. Uh, the first one was from 1980. Well, because the 80 to... to 1990. And then... The 80 to 90 one, I'd probably get, even, the, even though I'm not a big U2 fan. See, I'm not a huge U2 fan. But I've always admired mm-hmm. the longevity and the fact that they were yeah, I mean that's kind of a lot of long, long as they did. Uh, I think it's incredible. It's like yeah, it's it's one of those groups for me. Like yeah. uh, anymore, I I I loathe the Doors. That being said, there's a handful of songs that I do like to listen to that they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though for the most part I cannot stand <laughs> right, them. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> right i mean they 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 truly kind of are the last super group in rock and roll if you really think about it i don't think there's any band who has achieved as much success of course the wiggles i mean come on right i mean at least at least i can't think of any band off the top of my head um, yeah. Since then, it kind of reached that much notoriety and no, I'd agree. I would totally agree with that. Globally, yeah. you know, they're kind of like the last, and I think they even like so pompously and so aware of themselves actually did a song about that, about being the last <laughs> of the rock stars, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's yeah. Head's way too big. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 It's, it's problematic. <laughs> so, reel it, reel it in, fellas. Yeah. Reel it <laughs> in. Yeah. And then they went off on the whole activism thing. And I think a lot of people are like, you know, shut up and play music. You're not allowed to have opinions. You know, 
I don't necessarily agree with that logic. I, don't I mean, either. everybody is entitled to their opinion. You know, you've given them this soapbox. If you had that soapbox, you know damn well you'd be using it. Absolutely. You know, so I don't, I don't know if I would. On any musician to put that kind of thing on any musician, you know, or rock band, I don't think that's fair. They're not, you know, they put out art. You like the art, but they don't put it out just for you. you know, I mean, they're not your little, you know, Bitches. your monkeys to, you know, dance monkey, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. I think at some I point though, Bono, Bono ahead. turned into this kind of poster child for like the entitled, the entitled guy, white guy who just learned about inequity mm -hmm. in the world and <laughs> yeah and i can see i can see how that would turn people off from the band i can see how that could be very annoying <clears throat> you know you know you can't you can't necessarily blame them given the opportunity yeah but they got yeah. so famous so young but you know, yeah yeah <laughs> and right. have to also have to give them props that they did get so famous so young and they didn't ended up end up crashing and burning like so many other Right. Uh, people that hit popularity in their mm -hmm. youth. Crashing and burning and addicted to drugs and shit like that, you know, not uh, more, mm -hmm. you know, more married to the music than they are married to the lifestyle. Nobody you know? ever right. said, you know, you two tore up the, the hotel room with women. <laughs> right, right. And, you know... <laughs> Larry Mellon Jr. is in a hospital for an apparent drug overdose kind of shit. That shit mm. never <laughs> I think I think Adam got arrested for pot, but I think that was like the the biggest controversy that ever happened to the band U2 is when Adam got arrested for marijuana. In the you know, on Wikipedia it says around the time of October, uh, Bono, The Edge, and Mullen were in a described as a charismatic Christian group in Dublin called the Shalom Fellowship that really? they almost quit really? playing music because it conflicted with the religious values. And then, mm -hmm. then instead they decided to quit the Shalom Fellowship. And, yeah. Yeah. And well, the rest of history. I mean, I mean, if anybody, you know, if you've been as involved and in, in interested in, in the history or whatever of you two, you know that there's a lot of, um, especially with Bono, there's a lot of faith interwoven within their music so there's a lot of god talk yeah. and stuff within their songs and in their writing yes you know they had they had the song 40 off of war which is psalm 40 from the bible just put to music so that should tell you right <laughs> well in mysterious ways if you want to touch the sky better learn how to kneel like it's kind of woven through all of it yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah i mean there's they're still making music um I think they're they've been touring still. I mean, there's they're still there, and still relevant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, somewhat. I, I you know I don't know. Their their later music just really doesn't appeal to me. I mean, there's a couple songs here and there every now and then off of the stuff they release that I kind of like, but it's to me anymore. It's just it kind of turned into light rock. Yeah. Well, that's because they're old. I yeah. know they're old. <laughs> I know they're old. You play that fast with arthritis, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, it, you know, the in the past ten years, the Stones put out a couple of jams. Yeah, that's true. How how any of them are still alive, I don't know, but they're worth it, man. That's the thing. Not bad either. Only one, only one member died, ever. And that yeah, was in that 19, was a long time. That was in 1969. Yeah. He drowned in right. a swimming pool. That's the only way you can kill him. That's their <laughs> their Achilles heel. Right. Water. water. They're like the wicked Stay witch. Away from the water. That's terrible. <laughs> you throw throw a bucket of water on Keith Richards. <laughs> the wicked you witch is a You kiss it, Brett. Look what you've done. <laughs> On melting. On melting. <laughs> Cigarette dangling out of his mouth. I swear, though, I don't know what it was. I think it was um, some uh, rock charity concert that they were doing for some disaster. I don't remember what disaster it was where um, the Rolling Stones played and Mick Jagger is out there. And he just, he looks like a stick. Oh, and yeah. And I swear yeah. to God. 
I swear to God, I mean, I'm just, the first thing I picture is the Simpsons and a naked Mr. Burns. And it's like, <laughs> that is what he has to look like, a oh, naked yeah. Mr. Burns. That's yeah. exactly what Mick Jagger has to look like. <clears throat> yeah, that was. Fluffy chest and little tuft of gray hair. and it Looks like a twist of tobacco under there. Oh, yeah, yeah that was... Yeah, that was disturbing. Mr. Burns naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think that's uh we've said all that could be said or wanted to be said about you two. Um still still I'll always consider them my favorite, one of my favorite bands. I'm probably one of my favorite bands now, rather than my favorite band, but certainly one of my favorite bands. And certainly the love of my heart as a young 13 to 16 year old, possibly 17 year old, you know? Um, yes, many emotions and, and many things going on there with the band U2. Um, undeniably one of the best bands of the 1980s, influentially, influentially and um, just in popularity. All right then, I think that's all there is to be said about that. I do appreciate you um, tuning in and listening to today's podcast about you too. Make sure you go over to Facebook and like us and follow us so that you're up to date on whenever we've got um, new um, episodes coming out. Be sure to share, share those 80s kids, remember, with friends, with family. With enemies. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Don't enemies too, you know. (laughs) Make sure you pass us around, share us. Um, Force your hostages to listen to us. Uh Right. Right. As long as we're played, we don't care. So, yeah. Check us out on Twitter. We are on Patreon if you'd like to help those 80s kids um, monetarily. You know, we'd appreciate that too. Otherwise, you know, we just appreciate you being here and listening to us and, and being a fan and being a friend and um on this crazy journey that we've been on for a while but um Mm -hmm. yeah all right i think i've talked myself in a circle or in a hole so (laughs) for those ladies kids remember i'm andy i'm brian i'm greg i'm mike i'm rusty Those 80s Kids Remember podcast is a production of those80skids.com 2020, all rights reserved. Music by Atokada. All third-party audio clips used therein are the sole creative property with rights reserved to respective owners. Music.